0: about to make a statement and I wonder uh, if you're going to agree with the statement. Statement being it requires discipline to meditate or think on things that are right or just. You agree? It takes Discipline. Let me see them hands. You you agree? Let's define discipline. Discipline number one is the state of a person that submits to instruction, instruction being what he or she has been taught and proper authority. It's, a, it's the state of a person submitting to instructions of what he or she has been taught and proper authority cause sometimes we we submit to authority that we sh, we shouldn't submit to because it's not the correct authority yeah sometimes sometimes we submit to what demons are telling us right Sometimes we, we submit to what we see. You agree? Because authority is that which governs you, whether it's a person or something else. You agree? Second definition of uh discipline is the Ability to think, talk, and do justly despite a stressful situation. The ability to think, talk, and do justly despite a stressful Situation. Pressure. Will try you. Pressure will push you. Pressure will try to. Get you to think. I will get you to think. Contrary to the will of God if you allow it. How many have ever been pressured to the point to where you you look completely at at what was going on at that given time and didn't even think about the scripture? Pressure has the ability to do that. that. That's the reason it's important for us to be disciplined. We have to be, we have to be to the point to where we're going to think, talk, and do what's just, alright, despite a stressful situation, or despite pressure pushing us, or trying to influence us to do what it desires us to do. You agree with that? Paul was a disciplined Christian. I said he was a disciplined Christian. I want to show you what he said in reference to discipline in in 1 Corinthians 9 and 27. 1 Corinthians 9 and 27. I want you to consider what he said in reference to discipline. Ready? Paul said, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now notice, notice Paul identifies his his body as what he needed to bring into subjection. The body in the text represents uh his entire being, not just his the physical part of him. It, it his his entire body he needed to bring it uh into subjection. When you, when you bring your body into subjection, it's a high level of discipline in that you start to control that which either tries or is dominating you. See, there are things that are within us as well as without that will try to dominate us or will dominate us. Oh, don't look like that. There are some of us that can testify about Something small dominating us. I ain't going to eat you no more. That didn't last long. Why? That thing. I'm done with eating that. I ain't going to eat no more of that. But, but that lasts maybe two weeks. Could last a year. But see, when you put something under subjection, it it does not need to be for just a period of time. It needs to be permanently. Because if it's not permanently, guess what? That thing will come back. I said that thing will come back. You can't can't just bury something and think that thing ain't going to resurrect. That thing would turn around and come back on you. You hear me? You, you can't, you can't think that, uh, something that is dominant is not gonna keep fighting. It's gonna keep fighting. And when you're putting something under subjection, you have to make up in your mind that, that I'm gonna deal with this on a consistent basis and I'm going to deal with it properly and Paul knew that uh, he had to continue to put his body under subjection until God gave him a glorified body or until his demise and he went on to heaven he knew that as long as he was on earth he was going to have to deal with his body you hear me? And, and there are some things that that fight us that we're gonna have to keep fighting that thing back. How many understand me? And some of us are not good at continuing to fight certain things. We'll fight it for a while, even brag about how we're whipping it, but but. But then that same thing, of man and get the upper hand on you. I've heard folk brag about how they done overcame certain things and then that thing turn around and get the upper hand on them and they end up worse than they were before they claimed to be overpowering the thing. Y'all quiet. But am I telling the truth? Look at the verse again. You you have to be disciplined. And, and notice how Paul really implies that it was a battle for him with his body. He says, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others I myself should become disqualified. Now, some of us, what what we need to bring under subjection uh, or what we primarily need to bring under subjection could be our tongue. Right? Or some of us, it, it could be something else that keeps us from fulfilling our purpose. It could be laziness. Look at somebody and just ask them. Or say, I say, I wonder what you need to bring under subjection. You feel like sharing, and some of some of us ain't gonna share. You ain't even asking nobody. You ain't gonna share it, like you You're looking at looking at the person that say that's private. And it may be private, but you need to deal with it. As Christians, we shouldn't allow anything or anybody to dominate us that God had not ordained to influence or control us. You agree? We should not let anything or anybody that's in contrast to the will of God have control over us you can't sleep because of so-and-so you want to do a particular thing but but something won't allow you to do it because that thing has control over you to the point where you even confess it i can't because of Yeah, you, you can do it. You're just going to have to put it under subjection. Yeah. And and before I go further, you need to understand that some things that you have to put under subjection, uh, it's going to cause you to hurt. So it's going to be painful. Even though it's going to be a good thing, It's it's going to be painful. And so, and it's gonna be painful, but don't utter out of your mouth, if it's too painful. No. Cause, cause that's defeating the, the purpose. It's painful, but it, but it's a pain you gotta deal with because you gotta put that thing under. Because if you don't overcome it, it's gonna dominate you. How I many I understand that? And so Paul said, I have to discipline my body and bring it under subjection because I don't want to be disqualified. I don't want to tell other folks about how good Jesus is, but I'm acting as if he's not good. I don't want to tell other folks that it's a blessing to give, but I won't even discipline myself to the point to where I can give the way I need to give. I disqualify myself. I don't want to tell folks that God is a healer, but I won't even trust him for my healing. And we can go on and on and on. So, so we have to put our self under what? Subjection or whatever it is that's trying to dominate our life, we have to put that particular thing under subjection. And say again to your neighbor, it, it may be painful when, when, you it. It may be pain when you do it. Yeah, it may hurt. But if it needs to be done, what? If it needs to be done, help me. Cause there's some things you, you gonna have to take control over cause they'll kill you. It's some things that'll try to dominate you to the point to where that you could, you know that that thing is trying to kill you. And if you don't do something about it sooner or later, it's gonna kill you. you sitting there doing it and it's going to kill me. Well, you need to do something about it then. Don't let it kill you. You, you know that's what it's trying to do. Take what? Authority over it. it it's just like uh, the Bible says the sorrow of the world leads to death. And if you know you always sorrowful about something, you know you need to you need to you need to uh overpower that. Because if not, you're gonna die. I said, if not, sorrow kill you. How she die? Of a broken heart. And that happens to folk. Gets overwhelmed by sorrow to where it kills them. Lord the mercy. Y'all listen? Paul wanted the saints of God at Philippi to meditate on things that were true. Things that were true. And the the Greek word for true in, in the verse is aletheia, which means, number one, not concealing anything that is essential and significant. When it comes to the truth, it means that you're not concealing anything that is essential and significant or necessary and important. It's true. So so if I'm going to think of think on it, uh I need to make sure that uh it's virtuous and praiseworthy in that it has qualities that are essential and important understand but true also from a root standpoint means trustworthy when something is trustworthy it is it means two things it means is reliable and sure. I said it's reliable and sure. And and sometimes somebody can tell us something based upon their position and we take it as being reliable and sure. It's amazing how uh, a lawyer, a doctor, or, or, such can tell us something and we act like it's just reliable and sure. We are, tears a jump out of our eyes because we think that, that the per, that particular person that has said something has the final say. Am I right? See, some of us need to be honest now. Because, see, there are certain folks that we think that what they're saying is so reliable and sure to, well, we won't let that thing get off our mind, what what the person said. You ever been there? Come on now. The person I told you, would well, look, based upon what we're seeing right here, this right here is such and such and such and such. And that thing just stay on your mind as if that person is reliable and sure. But you, you, you have to understand something. That, uh, you just can't take anybody's word for something just because of their position. I don't want you to take my word. That's the reason when I bring something for, I come with the scripture. You hear me? You need to make sure that the person who's telling you something is reliable and sure. This is God's truth. This right here happened. This, this right here happened. Uh, this, this doctor had, uh, told, uh, First Lady that, uh, had recommended that that uh they give something to her mother. This is God's true, And um, so she said what it was that the doctor had recommended. And, it, and the doctor had told her that, look, it's only going to have, it, it's just going to have some little minor side effects. Now, hold on now. And so the Holy Ghost said to me, He lying. You need to check that out. She researched, she researched the very thing that the doctor had told her. And, uh, I, I can't even remember how many side effects and, and, uh, but, but I do remember that one of them, uh, the person could die. I do remember that, but the doctor told us it's gonna be minor stuff. You you can't just think just because a person has a particular position or is such and such that is reliable and sure. You you have to search for yourself seeking your what seeking your what? You have to know for your. You have to know for yourself. You can't. You just can't take everybody's word when it comes to certain things. Well, to anything really. Look how y'all looking at. Because see, I'm messing with some of y'all because because some of y'all folk can just say something and you just take that particular person's word because you just automatically well, he a doctor. He he telling the truth. Why he gonna, why he gonna lie about that? I don't know. I don't know. But, you better search, and not just take anybody's word for this, that, or the other. Y'all okay? And so, and so Paul wanted them to meditate on things that were true, but he said if there's any virtue, and they'll praise what? Worth. See, see, because you have to understand something. There are basically two type truths. There is a truth in reference to God, and there is a truth in reference to, to man. You hear me? Now, the truth in reference to God Is unchanging, but the truth in reference to man can change. It can be true for a season, but it does not mean it's going to be, going to stay permanent. It used to be true in reference to man that, that certain, uh, diseases they didn't have a cure for. You hear me, man? And some, and some of those diseases that they didn't have a cure for in the fifties, they don't even worry about it no more because now they have a cure. Look what happened though. Something that was true back then, it changed. But the biggest thing, it shows that man is limited and man is not omniscient. Say to your neighbor, man is not all knowing. (laughs) Say that to one more person. How many understand that? And so you have to understand something. Even though what a person tells you can be true to them at that moment, in actuality, uh, when you compare it to the things of God, it's false. Woo! I just messed somebody up. Man can actually take, this is true, this is based upon what our research, and it can be true based upon what man is saying, but in comparison to the word is false. And understand something, that there are certain things that are false that on paper seem to be legit, seem to be true. On paper it, it can a, a person can tell you it is no way you're going to be able to get this right here mr so- and so because of this right here your your so- and so has to be here but it's not and so therefore there's no way you can get this. you can leave the presence of that person go somewhere else and get the very thing or something better that that person told you you couldn't have. That's the reason when it comes to truth, you have got to research. You have got to compare man's truth to God's truth. I ain't convincing some of y'all. I got to do it another way. I got to do it another way. I got to do it another way. Let let me go to Romans. Let's go to Romans. Let's see. Oh, good God. Let me find my scripture in Romans. I think it's in Romans chapter 3. I'm going to have to go it another way. Y'all good people though. You're just looking at me strange as if I don't know pastor. So let me just clear it up this way. Consider Romans the third chapter and verse four. And uh I want to read a part of uh the second well, read the second sentence. That's what I want to read. Y'all ready? Indeed, let God be what? But every man what? When it comes to any man, you have to compare what that man is saying to God. Paul said, let how many men? All men. Or every man be a liar, but let God be what? True. Why is that? Because God is omnipotent. You agree with that? He's all powerful. He's omniscient. He knows how much? Everything. And and he's sovereign. Where is he sovereign at? He's sovereign on earth as well as in the heavens. Why, why do you say he's sovereign on earth? The earth is the Lord. and is Lord. the world and all those that dwell therein. That's Psalm 24 and what? One. The Lord is sovereign. The Lord is, help me, sovereign. So before you decide that any person is true or telling you the truth, You have to compare what that person is saying to God's word. I said you have to compare what that person is saying to God's what? Word. Don't nod your head at anybody. Don't nod your word. Don't don't nod your head when, when folks are telling well, this is the way it is. Don't nod your head and you ain't did the comparison. Just tell the person, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Don't agree with that person, don't utter out of your mouth, okay, yes, you're right. Don't do that because death and Fight. are in the power of the what? Come. Don't do that. Wait till you compare. Until you compare, let God be True. and every man what? That's the reason even when it comes to a preacher, a carrier of God's word, a pastor, a pastor has to rightly divide the word in order to convince you through the anointing of God and the scripture That what does saith God is true and what God is revealing is is true. You have to study this right here to the point to where you break it down. So people of God will not be confused and living in a way that's, contra- that's contrast to what God has ordained for them to live. How many understand that? And see, if God wants you to meditate on what's true, you can't just, you just can't think that, well, if somebody tell me something and, and they show me, it's got to be true. Not if you ain't compared it with God's Word. Why do you need to compare it with God's Word? Because of what, well, one reason, because of what Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 35. Heaven and earth shall what? But not the Word. The Word just is not going To pass. The word is true. And we know that personally. Because of what the word has did for us. And what the word has did for for you. Literally. You got scripture to back it up. Well the reason I don't talk like I used to talk reason I don't think like I used to think, the reason I don't do like I used to do is because of what God said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. If any person be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed. Behold, he makes everything new. The reason I'm doing as well as I'm doing is because it is the wish of my God. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health even as your soul does prosper. The reason my life is better now than when I was a sinner is because of John 10.10. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Everything that happens to you, you can find in Scripture why it is the case. See, the Bible says we have to have an answer for our hope. You have to have a reason why you're, you're expecting certain things to happen. You have to have a reason. Bef- because folks will, will question your faith. They'll question why you believe what you believe, why you're standing on what you're standing on. And you need to be ready to give them an answer. And when it comes to the truth, you have to be so disciplined to where you can't allow anybody or anything to move you from it. When you stand on truth, you need, you need to be firm so nobody or no thing will move you. How many understanding that, and and not do it stupidly? Cause you got some for well, I ain't gonna do it. Well, tell me why? Ah, ha, God, the Holy Ghost telling me not to. That ain't good enough. That ain't good enough. You you have to have some word. You have to have you have to have what will not pass away backing you up. You can't you can't just do do stupid and think stupid and don't have evidence as to why you're doing what you're doing because you got some folks that name the name of christ that, that's doing stuff to be honest with you it's just plumb stupid i said it's just plumb stupid but we have to know the truth we have to know the truth to the point to where that's what we're moved by if it ain't true it ain't gonna move us but if it is true that's what's gonna move us. And, and we have to know truth to the point to where we, we are not only knowledgeable about it, but we can explain it to folk. Maybe not in great detail, but we can, we can explain it to them so they can understand. E- even if it's just at an elementary level, we still can explain it to them. I may mean, understand that but for, for, as you how how you know you saved you you got to you got to show them scripture and be able to explain to them even if it's just again at an elementary level why you know you saved i you can't just be tell i just know no that ain't good enough no you you got you gotta let them know why you know you saved i know i'm saved because of John three and sixteen I know I'm saved because that's what God came to do according to Acts 2 and 21. He said in that verse that if I call or whoever called on him, he was saved. And I know I called on him and he saved me. And I'm saved and I can tell you why I'm saved. Because I used to be such and such, but I no longer do that because he saved me. And see, that's elementary. But guess what? You just explain to a person truth. Truth. Truth about what? You being saved. And see, you have to be able to meditate on what is true because false going to constantly come against you. False will tell you your your faith ain't working. You'll get to going through trouble. Things take a turn for the worse. And then what's false will try to tell you God ain't going to do it. You got to be able to pull out scripture and say, God is going to do it. Why? Because it's impossible for him to lie. If he said it, he'll do it. He'll bring it to pass. He's not a man that he should lie. nor the son of man that he should repent. You have to know that when you are pushed by that which is false. How many understand it? Let every man be a liar. But let who be true, and that's how you compare. That's how you know what you should and shouldn't meditate on. But you have to understand something to, uh, about things that are false; they'll fight you from sun up to sundown. Things that you ain't got no business thinking on will fight you from sun up to sundown, trying trying to make you constantly think about them. But guess what? You gotta be willing to fight, to fight that thing from sun up to sundown. Or, or, or when you get mature in meditating, you'll be able to just tune that thing out. That thing will be on the side, but it, it won't be affecting you, period. It'll be like a little echo and it ain't, it ain't, it ain't affecting you, period. Why? Because you're rooted. You're, you're rooted in meditating on what you ought to be thinking on. Y'all understand? Okay, okay, okay. Let me close. Is it okay to close it now? Because I done said enough. I said I done said enough. Ask your neighbor for me, neighbor. Can you tell me why true, why true is so important, so important. To, think to think on? Can you tell me why things that are true are so important to think on? Can it? You know why? Because because if you think on the opposite, which is false, guess what kind of life you will start living? A false life. Guess what will happen to your thinking? It will become false. Your talk will become false. Even what you do will become false. You ever seen folks that live an imaginary life? Because they are not rooted in in truth. It, it, it's folks... Live their life thinking that they're gonna be this, that, and the other, but they are they are not doing what they need to be doing for it to happen. And and you and I can even tell you some of their speech. Yeah, one day I'm gonna do such and such. And they've been saying that one day for years, but ain't they, they made not one step to do it. Why? Because they are not operating in truth uh was true they they are still operating in what is false i know folks who who have died and when they died uh everything that they said they were going to do it never it never happened why because because they were living an imaginary life a living based upon that which was false I don't want to live like that. I said, I don't want to live like that. Do you? That's the reason when you meditate on what's true. God will give you exactly what you need in order to cause what is true to manifest in your life. You hear me? I say he will give you exactly what you need in order to manifest what is true to come forth in your life. How many understand that? So is it good to meditate on what's true? All right, I'm going to stop right there. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.